Powered by Rev Media in partnership with TSN, it is episode 12, season 5 of the Rain Dregs Hockey Podcast, and it is presented by our title sponsor, Canadian Club Whiskey. Introducing the first release of the Canadian Club Invitation Series, CC 15-year-old Sherry Cask, signature CC Classic, finished with a secondary aging in Oloroso Sherry Cask, all the hallmarks of classic Canadian club with the added richness and sweetness of sherry. And there you are, Ray Ferraro. You are in mm-hmm. Beantown, Boston. Um, looked like a real nice plate of chicken parm that you Jeez. had last night out for dinner with, with Steve Levy, right? From ESPN yeah, Steve Levy and our um, uh, Emily Kaplan was there and Ivan mm-hmm. Solkowski was our stats guy. And, oh, nice, um, nice. Now, Leaves is quite a character around the north end of Boston, apparently, and he was hugging people all over the place. Wow. It was like it was like Norm from Cheers, and uh, but the man, it was awesome. Great place. the mm. The restaurant has um, uh, on the one wall. They've got t- like six TVs, and they have six mob movies playing. Why well, wouldn't wall. they? I mean, yeah. it's perfect so, motif in Boston. Oh, so there was like Casino was on one and uh, <laughs> Analyze This was on another. And then I look up one time and there's the the horse head in the bed of the Godfather. I was like, oh, didn't really need to see that. Classic. Then, yeah. <laughs> so there were six of them though. So it was, but it was really not really awesome. And it was a beautiful night. And this can be uh, when the weather's like that to walk around the harbor is pretty, pretty awesome place. Now, what prompted the chicken farm? I've probably been out for dinner with you a hundred times, maybe more. I've never seen you order it. You know what? I was looking. There was a lot of good things or a lot of things. You don't want a menu just kind of grabs you and you're like, I think so. Maybe. How about this? And I was like, you know what? I think I haven't had it in a while. I need good a for you. I need a blast of chicken parm, and it was good. <laughs> I particularly liked. I, I'm not going to mention the account because I don't know who it was that chirped you. But isn't that just, again, the underbelly of social media? You're out there with your colleagues having a nice dinner. There's a lovely photo of Ray Ferraro in the chicken parm. And somebody chirps you about how you're holding your cutlery. Okay, okay, but see, you know, I, I'll tell you why I like that. Okay. Because when I read that, it was obvious the guy's just fooling around. Right, right. Like there's no, there's nothing malicious or vile or, you know, cutting about it. And so, you know, he didn't like the way I was holding the knife and the fork. And I said, okay, I'll come to utensil school in the summer. And <laughs> like, I like that. I think it's fun. I think it's yeah. funny. I mean, I, I guess he did like, I guess he thought I held it like an eight-year-old or something. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I just want to get it in my mouth, man. I don't care. I understand. But honestly, I'm now I'm zoomed in. Like I'm, I, like I'm right. cropping the picture and I'm like, I don't know. I, it, it looks fine to me. I don't have any issue with this. Like, what are we looking? Somebody's coming to your house for dinner and they're worried about how the cutlery is placed well, well, on your think, table. Well, just think though, Drake, like, but just think they're probably... That makes me think if I ever have this guy to the house, <laughs> that he's going to go, oh, look at that. Water spots on their forks. Their dishwasher oh, isn't working very well. Your dessert fork is on the wrong side, Mr. Perfect. By the way, I yeah. quick, totally off topic. Okay. You you know, people should be aware. You're you're working today with, uh, with a little bit of a physical ailment here. 
I am. I can you can you tell? I wonder if people on YouTube will be able to tell. I you're, a little, you're a little off center here. <laughs> uh, so I what was, is it like? What were you lifting weights yesterday? No, or? no, not that. Um, no, like although I, I moving I, boxes I, in the garage. Hold on, I carried the weight of the network TSN on my back yesterday <laughs> with the Pierre Dorian news and everything going on. But but so what? Ottawa. Where did the shoulder injury come from? Ah, sleeping. Yeah, I, I, I honestly, I can't. What an athlete. You. Yeah, I wish there was more to it. Yeah, I mean, have you never done that? I woke up this morning. I'm not a great sleeper anyway. I toss and turn. I'm kind of all over the place. I woke up and I, I go to get out of bed and I'm like, look at it. Like, I, I can, that's as far as I can turn my head to yeah. the right. You're going to need some help. I don't need I, some help. I, I will say I have one to match. Uh, I was playing still. I was with, I was in with the Islanders and, um, uh, Getting ready to go to practice. I brush my teeth. I reach into the sink to get a drink of water, and my back just went oh, no. locked up. And I'm like, "Oh my gosh! Like I can't, I can't move. I got to get to the rink." So I drove, kind of like Ace Ventura with his head sticking out the window. Yeah, I was, but I was bent the other way. So I was driving. I walk in, and the trainer's like, "What happened to you?" I go, "I was brushing my teeth." Oh, he's like, "It's course right away." You know, he's like, "How many wow, games you got- did you miss?" No, they. Oh, okay. work on it. But he goes, wow, you got big, shot. <laughs> he goes, Dregs, but he goes, oh, I tell him I'm brushing my teeth. He goes, wow, you got big teeth. <laughs> so I like, yeah, I do. Thanks, pal. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're going to dive into our Tim Hortons headlines. While I read the tag, why don't you just give yourself a, an inch more headroom there? You're okay. Thanks, Dregs. You know, appreciate that. You know, like. Well, I don't want to like I don't want to stop no, the pod but, and but get Zuby to correct I don't even really it. know how to do it. Oh, I think how's there that? There you go, yeah, producer Drager. Is that yeah? Good? That's perfect. That's perfect. They have hey, trouble Canada. with your headroom, though. Is there? No, my headroom. Well, no, there. because that's a big head. But yeah, <laughs> okay. Uh, Ray, you know this, but Tim's NHL trading cards are back with the all new set. So get ready to unpack the thrill and score your favorite hockey stars today. Grab them before they're gone. They're available now only at Tim's. And I'm proud to say I've got 30, 30 unopened packs from Tim Hortons, which I have purchased with my own money. Now, what are you going to do with them? you got to start putting them in the book. I know. I, I, you know, I feel, though, that's a father-son thing or a father-daughter thing, right? I, I just, I'm not going to enjoy opening the packages as much as Mason Dreger will enjoy opening the packages. So I'm just going to leave okay. them. I'm gonna set them okay, there's so you know when the like that's a really good point. Like, you know when that do you ever play uh uh the Pakodu game? No. Oh on Twitter you go through and they they match up. You don't ever no. play that? No, I've seen it. I I, I don't you should do it. It's really it's like really that. fun, you know. Okay. It's kind of fun. Anyway, when I get to put Landon's name in, <laughs> okay. I, I don't know why it entertains me so much. You know, and I'm like, oh, look at this. You know, nobody will know. And it's because you get a low score and all. I don't know. It's the same thing. Mason opens the yeah. card. He puts it in. And you're like, oh, that was way more fun than I did it. Well, especially the older cards, right? Like, I mean, none of them are going to be. Well, they'll be vintage because of the player. That is What's on vintage? The beyond that. Mm. Oh, I think Gordy Howe, something like oh, that. Oh, good. So that's still yeah. vintage. I thought you were going to say guys. Yeah, Ray Ferraro, rookie card. Yeah, beat it. Beat it. All right. <laughs> okay, headlines. Here we go. Pierre Dorian, the Senators agree to part ways. And I thought it was interesting that Michael Anlauer and Steve Stales made that clear, right? It wasn't that Dorian had been relieved of his duties. It was a mutual parting the ways um, in the final year of his contract. Doesn't really matter how it came to be. 
but we essentially know. And we'll get to that in just a moment. But Steve Stales, who we know well, Ray, is the interim general manager. And people are going to wonder. They're asking us automatically, all right, well, is you know Stales going to become the full-time general manager in time? He acknowledged that they will go through a process and they'll look at their options. And you know that option might range from uh, Peter Shirelli to uh, Matthew Darch, who you know may have some history back in Montreal with Michael Ann Lauer. But I'm asking you as a guy who knows Steos well, given his history, bit of time in Edmonton working with Kenny Holland and that group, building the franchise the way he did the Hamilton Bulldogs in the Ontario mm-hmm. Hockey League, is that enough for Steve Steos to be a qualified NHL GM? Well, before there's a real answer here, I would say everything Steve does is really methodical mm-hmm. and well thought out. Like that's just that's just the way ever since I've known Steve, that's how I would characterize him. He just like he thinks through things. So to jump in and be the general manager, maybe that's not in their grand plan. Because again, like we found out about the sanctions and, and Dorian's firing yesterday. Yeah. They didn't. Right. Right? Yeah. Like they there's been, you know, it was reported there was yeah. about a week where they were yeah. They've known discussing, for a while. Yeah. yeah, discussing the penalties and such. And the reason I bring that up is what if the plan, like why can't the owner be the president of the team as well? Hmm. Like what if, the, yeah. what if the structure is a little different than it's been in some other places? And the reason I say, the idea came to me as I watched That's Michael Anlauer speak yesterday. And I was like, you don't normally hear that. Like why? Maybe his, maybe their vision of management looks a little different. Maybe as the interim GM, they can work through that, that they were working through anyway. Yeah. And maybe they come up with a, you know, a a different top down structure. And it doesn't mean it's right or wrong. It just would be different. I, I don't know. I, I think Steve is uh, really smart. I really do. And I see him as a general manager, but maybe there's a bigger part of the pie yeah. that needs to be sorted out still. That that was an impressive media availability. It was on all fronts. Uh, I thought the right questions were asked, no doubt about that. I thought that Ann Lauer was very direct, kind of straddled that line of being critical of the National Hockey League, um, but also respectful in in all of that too, right? But a huge penalty, which also speaks to why it took so long for the league to make the announcement. You know, I would say that Pierre Dorian and and then by extension, Steos and Anlauer knew for a while that they were going to have to forfeit a first round draft pick in one of the next three years, 24, 25 or 2026 because of the, the Dadenoff debacle. Um, and I'm sure they were fighting with the league, right? Trying to negotiate. <laughs> it can't be a first round pick. Like, you, can't, you know, like that, that's too punitive. Um, so what do you think? Is it too punitive or given what happened, whereby the NHL approved the deal, sending Dadenoff from Vegas to Anaheim based on the information Ottawa management provided that there was no trade protection. Um, so that was, that, was, that was the information that the league and the teams involved 
worked with. And then they found out with proof that, no, no, there's limited trade protection here. He, he's not going to Anaheim. End of story. So they had to avoid it. It was a bad look on the league, but right. they worked with the information that they had. So, okay. I'm going to interrupt. I'm going to, I'm going to interrupt you for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. It makes no sense to me. Zero, none. That the trade protection or the no trade clauses yeah. are not a league wide knowledge. Like, why is that not attached on an addendum to the contract? Yeah, that makes it. no sense whatsoever. So if Ottawa misled Vegas, which appears to be the whole crux of this matter, then it should be a punitive result. Yeah. However, Vegas shouldn't have to ask. Vegas should already know. They should be able to click on their internal yeah. server, which is not the internet version that we see that the, you know, the folks at Cap Friendly do their thing and do an amazing job. There should be an internal yeah. system that each team can see. So, like, why am I going to call Chicago about Darren Drager? Because I want to acquire you, and then I, I, I could look on, like, why waste the time? Why wouldn't I just click on your name, see the 10-team no trade? Oh, I'm on it. So I don't even go any further. So I think that's the first step of this. The second thing, Vegas was embarrassed and ridiculed, really, for trying to trade the Dadanoff. It, right. It came across as they tried to make this deal and force him into Anaheim, which clearly was not the case as a result of this 73-page investigation. So it was embarrassing to Vegas, and I'm sure they feel, and rightly should, feel vindicated by, by it. Right. The first-round pick in one of three years, my first thought was, I wonder if they can appeal that. I wonder if sometime in the next six months, they can appeal this and say, is there any way this could be a second round pick? Right. Like, I, I, I don't know, but I just, it got me to wondering. The third part of it is, why did it take so long? Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't, again, I don't know because I thought Ann Lauer's comment, while, you know, they acknowledged that it was Ottawa's wrongdoing, but he said, why is this my problem? Yeah. And, and I, again, I don't know, but those were some of the, things that popped into into my head when I was well, reading and watching. I, I'm with you. Um, the only thing I would I would say to that is Ann Lauer knew before taking over ownership of the Ottawa Senators that this investigation was happening. And if the conclusion was what it ended up being, that hmm. it, it would be a significant form of discipline. He knew that before taking over the Ottawa Senators. But he, why it took so long, I mean, that's an excellent question. And, and nobody seems to want to answer it from the National Hockey League. But in the end of the day, it's the Ottawa Senators who are served up a you-know-what sandwich <laughs> over all of yeah. this. It's, it's been a tough few weeks for the Sens, hasn't it? Wow. Yeah, it, it really has. I, I do, you know, I was on Overdrive the other day, or yesterday, and we were talking about it. And I, I said, I... It's like they're ankle deep in mud in Ottawa, but they're about ready to step out of it. Right. Yeah. Like, I, I really do believe, like, 
and, and I don't think I'm certainly not in the minority of this, but I believe like there is really good days ahead Yeah, in Ottawa and teams or management groups. I mean, we don't see ownership change too much, but management groups often get left with trailing junk from the previous administration all the time. Yeah. And, and that's going to happen to everybody that's a manager now. When they get fired, they're going to yeah. leave trailing junk, whether it's a yeah. overpaid contract, a too long contract, whatever it is. And that always has to get dealt with. And mm -hmm. it's, it's always something they've got to step around. I'm sure when, uh, and Lauer and Steos took over, they, you know, they, they weren't thinking that they were, you know, got these two things to get bonked on the head with right away. I want to talk about, you know, a push for mandatory net guards around the hockey world in just a minute, but we're, we're talking about Ottawa. So I want to touch on a couple of other Canadian teams before we push off from that. The Calgary Flames lose their six straight. Um, they feel good about themselves though, right? You know, they played better. They played better. They do? Uh, well, that, that's what I read post game. Yeah. They, they, they feel that they, they were more okay. engaged. Everybody okay. Was, okay. was pulling on the rope together, Ray. You know, they didn't get the result, but they feel pretty yeah. good about this. You know, tongue in cheek and being a smart ass, I get it. Um, I don't know if you watched or not. Insider trading on Tuesday, I mentioned the fact that Noah Hannafin has pulled his extension off the table. And they were real close. I don't know what the term or the money was for Noah mm -hmm. Hannafin. I mean, he's a good defenseman, so it would be up there. We can appreciate that. He says, ah, you know what? I just, I need more time to let things sort themselves out before I commit long-term. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't think he's being vilified for that. That's his right. He's, he's a pending unrestricted free agent. Maybe that's why Lindholm hasn't really engaged in negotiations with the Flames. So what's your take on that? And how long before Calgary goes, okay, fair enough, but if we creep into the new year and we're still – you know, or a non-playoff factor, we're moving you, plain and simple. We're, we're, we can't leave these two good assets and not get anything back for them. Well, when you mention that, first guy I think of is Seth Jones. Yeah. Seth Jones went to Chicago, signed a eight-year extension for a bucket of money. Yeah. And, oh, by the way, plans have changed. We are now going right down – Beyond the foundation, we are going to buy a new plot of land and start again. And right now we're at the engineer's drawings. And oh, by the way, you've still got seven years left. So if I'm Lindholm and I'm Hannafin, I, I do want to wait yeah. just to make sure that I'm not signing away the prime years of my career to a rebuild. And here's the difference of Hannafin and Lindholm, as opposed to some other players, is they have leverage because they are both very good players. Yeah. And if C Craig Conroy, who, when he took over, he was asked about the Johnny Goodrell mm -hmm. scenario where he went to free agency and left. He talked about his feelings when that happened, yeah. about when he closed the door in his office and went, we just lost Johnny Goodrell. That's not happening with these two players. No. And the other part to this, the last part is if Conroy and the Flames decide, look, we can't, when they're talking to the players, <laughs> we can't get this deal done. 
they could trade those guys in two days. Yeah. Because of yeah. the players they are. If he puts Elias Lindholm on the trade market, how many teams are lined up <laughs> out the door for him? <laughs> Noel Hannafin's a top four defenseman in the prime of his career. Yeah. He's, I don't think he's ever going to have the offense that people thought he was going to have, but my gosh, the guy is big and he skates. And do you ever see teams going, geez, we could use another defenseman yeah. all the time. Mm -hmm. So it's a really tenuous place. I feel like in Calgary because they're going to have to decide and they don't have to decide today, but right. they're going to have to decide pretty soon. Are we a team fighting for a playoff spot or do we need to step back a bit mm -hmm. and start to acquire some assets? It was, you know, Connor Zary had a really nice day last night mm -hmm. yeah, uh, for the flames. And maybe they might think, you know what, we got to get some of these young guys in and, and see what we are. Yeah. Um, we've got ESPN's Kevin Weeks joining us on the podcast this week. A real quick thought on the Vancouver Canucks. Are we making too much out of the fact that Rick Tockett sat JT Miller in the second period the other night for what? Four minutes and change? <laughs> you know, you didn't bench him for the third period. Uh, but that seemed to overshadow, um, you know, Patterson's hat trick and how well the Canucks generally play. So quick thought. You mean something could be overshadowed in Vancouver? Come on. <laughs> Get out of town. Um, it, it's only a big deal if he pouted and didn't play at the end of the game. And, yeah. you know, like that That would be the big deal. Um, the, I'll tell you, there's uh, there's not much bend with Rick talking. No. And, and, and it's basically, here is what, I expect and need. This is what our team expects and needs. And that's it. Yeah. And if, you know, JT, I see a lot of myself in JT Miller. I'm certainly not the size or anything like that, but like the hot headedness. Yeah. Oh man, I, I lived it. <laughs> and you know, when you're doing it, you just can't stop. Right. You just can't stop. And so obviously talk it and, Miller have had enough conversations to know when that time is. And Miller's probably thinking, okay, I, I've turned the puck over. I've taken a bad penalty. I've, I've got to stop, but he can't. Right. So you get put in the cooler for a few minutes. <laughs> and so I, I don't think it's, I, a, I don't think it's going to happen a lot because it's embarrassing and nobody likes it. So maybe he can recognize that point earlier, but I'm telling you yeah. when you're that guy, it's not that easy to shut it off. Hmm. Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly told me this morning, Ray, that there, there legitimately is a surge now for mandatory net guards around the hockey world. Whether or not it ever finds its way to the NHL, that's going to take some time. And of course, it's all in the wake of Adam Johnson's death. Wayne Gretzky weighed in with his thoughts on TNT. Have a listen. You come in, you'd be out on the ice without a visor on, I'd say, what are you doing? And he'd say, well, I want to make this team. No, no, no. You grew up your whole life with a visor on. Keep your visor on. And so here we are now. All these kids grew up, especially in Canada, wearing the neck guards. Why take it off? Keep the neck guards on. And I'm sure the Players Association and the Commissioner's Office, they're going to grandfather this in. And eventually we're going to see all kids coming into the league wearing neck guards to protect themselves. The difference for me there, Ray, and, and good on Wayne for, for speaking out on the platform that he has, because it's just common sense. 
But you talked on Tuesday about, you know, you, you just felt comfortable with a visor and, and, and it was common sense to you mm-hmm. back then. But when visors became mandatory, uh, I mean, there were lots of players in the league already using them, right? So it wasn't that big of an adoption. There are zero players, unless it's happened in the last night or two, uh, in the NHL wearing neck guards. So how, how do you go from zero to one or 100%, even though it, it, it makes a lot of sense to do it? Well, I, first of all, Wayne's got uh, an incredible point, as he, as he often does, right? And it's like you wear it your whole life, and then you get to the National Hockey League and you take it off. Yeah. Like that, that just doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, I scored 400 goals with a, looking through a window. You can see. Mm-hmm. Like even the players that complained about it and then eventually had to use them, you can see. Yeah. If you don't wear a neck guard and you are aware of the horrible death of Adam Johnson this week, what would stop you from at least trying it? And then for the league and the players to go the next step further to mandate it, I think if the protection is there, you should wear it. Here's the thing. Some guys won't want to wear it. Oh, it doesn't happen. I don't care if it happens once in a billion games. I don't want to wear it. It's not going to happen to me. There's always that thought. There's always the players that will think I I don't I just don't want to wear it. But if if the neck protection's not comfortable, if it's I don't know, um it, it doesn't look great. Yeah. Make new stuff. Like they can yes. and they will. And so I I don't I don't see this any different than the visors. I really don't. There were there was a time when nobody wanted to wear them yeah. where like, I know because I was one of very few wearing it in the Western hockey league. Yeah. And yeah, you got to listen to a lot of shit, you know, but like, I was like, okay, look, I could get new teeth, but I could never get new eyes. I, the sticks were always around my face. The way I skated, I was low to the ice and I'm short. So I just, I wanted to wear it. And so what? But if somebody came out tomorrow wearing a neck guard, do you think somebody's going to, like, if that was your thing, oh, I'm going to get bugged or teased, nobody's going to think of that. No. I I just, I don't see it. I don't see how this does not become a mandated item moving forward. It would almost be like, um, at at some point, the the goalies must have looked, the goalies that were wearing masks (laughs) must have looked at the other guys and said, what are they doing? (laughs) <laughs> and and then they went on their business. There'll always be guys that'll resist, but like there's still guys not wearing visors. Right. Uh, I I think unlike say like Wayne said, you know, you got to go back to the grassroots and come up that way. I think it, this issue or this item, if it went the other way, Drakes, if it went from the top down, it's finished. Yeah. Everybody will wear them because they'll have to. And, and I, I personally just, I think it's the right way to go. Those are your headlines. Thank you, Tim Hortons. Tim's NHL trading cards are back. Unpack the thrill. Score your favorite icons with an all-new set. 
Get yours before they're gone. Only at Tim's. There are interviews on Ray and Dregs this season brought to us by Canadian Club Whiskey. We're introducing the first release of the Canadian Club Invitation Series, CC 15-year-old Sherry Cask. All right, pleased to be joined on the Ray and Dregs Hockey Podcast by Kevin Weeks of ESPN, of TSN, of the NHL Network. I mean, is there six <laughs> other employment opportunities, Weeksy, we should it's throw so out wrong. there? Am I missing anything at this stage? <laughs> That's so wrong. That's so wrong. But you know what? It's so wrong that it's right. <laughs> yeah, you forgot so also add Pitchman, too, because yeah. he's doing that, too. Every time I turn oh. on the TV, it's Weeksy in a different suit or the top half of his head or something. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, listen, I learned from the best, man. I know. I noticed a long time ago. You guys are always on, so I realized that. I realized that early. I realized that early. <laughs> okay, but Ray brings that point up and and explain it to yeah. those who are familiar with you on social media, right? I mean. Mm. You, you delve into the realm of being a, a hockey insider. You've you've broke you've broke your share of news over the years. Why, you know, just the eyes <laughs> in the bottom <laughs> of the yeah. video? W- what happened? How did that come about? So, so somebody said yesterday. I, I saw a fan had a meme yesterday. And it was literally a hippo on the surface of the water, and only the two eyes were up above the water. <laughs> I, 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 so basically, what happened was. Okay, so as you know way better than me, you've been doing that way longer than I have. You get news, you try your best to verify it as quickly as possible. You want it to be accurate, you want it to be factual, you go ahead and you post it. But what happened was when I started doing it, I I realized what you guys knew a long time ago, that news doesn't always happen in a way that's convenient for you. So Dredd, I'm sure you must have had so many times where you're going to minor hockey, you're bringing your kid, (laughs) and all of a sudden you probably say, okay, one second. Or you probably have to save your wife. You're at dinner. Okay, one second, I'll be back. Yeah. So it, it 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 initially started that way, and I realized I'm like, oh my god, is that what these guys have to do all the time? Like at any time of day, any time of night. Yep. And then it went from that to, okay, no cameraman. You guys know I'm terrible technically already. I, we already established that pre-show. <laughs> so so a couple of them, I had my I had the phone up, and my wife's like, oh my god, like really? Because you could see my forehead, the shot's terrible, the whole thing. So then people started, of course, people started like, they were all over me for it. They're like, wait, what are you doing? Can't you do a proper video? Like, what are you doing? And then from there, it just became kind of a little bit funny. And I kind of ran with that part of it. But that's how it happened. Because literally, I botched the first few times trying that's to awesome. do it. <laughs> it's and funny the boy, where, the inspir- hey, where the inspiration comes from. Who knows, man? But oh it's, my God. And, uh, I see that video and I'm like, oh, yeah, uh, that's Weeksy. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you know where it's coming from, for sure. The, the boys started chirping me, too. Like, I, I had so many people chirping me. You know how the guys are. They're un, they're unrelenting and chirping, right? So it's like, what Weeksy, what are you doing? Like, don't you know how to work a phone? Like, so then it really became really funny. So, yeah, it's it's just been – it's been it's been hilarious. It's been hilarious. Now, how did you – like, when, when you were playing, did you think, like uh, – I mean, you're a great talker and, you, you know, we – we like the camera and you know we like the you know we like the interaction and stuff obviously we're comfortable but like did you know you were going to get into this did you think of this um i never did it just kind of i it just i fell into it kind of but did you think of it i thought of it yes yeah i thought of it i think what was i've always been like a really serious hockey and sports junkie like a real one so i was always watching since i was young like i'd watch anything read everything read every hockey news 
read the box scores in the Sun and Toronto Star, and we go to tournaments, read the programs, read the paper. So I was always really into that. And then when I got to junior, what happened was too, you know how it is, you got to go and do your volunteer work, your community work. And a lot of the boys, especially your 16, 17, a lot of guys are like, ah, I'm not going. And I would always kind of volunteer to go. And it was natural. That part of it was natural. And then when I got to playing, it's the same thing. Like I would be hyper consumed. I'd watch games all the time. Okay, I'm watching your panel. I'm watching this. I'm watching that. And what ended up happening was, I think it was during 0405, during our stoppage, I did a couple things for the score back home. And from there, it was kind of on my radar, but not in a way that was uh, calculated. It was just something that was kind of a, an afterthought. And you know, you think you're going to play forever. We all do. Oh yeah. And, and next thing you know, I it would turn out to be my last season here in Jersey, right before the playoffs. I sprained my MCL. I had a grade two sprain. And once we were eliminated, I couldn't come back in time. We had this other guy by the name of Marty Bruder. He's pretty good. And I, I didn't return <laughs> the lineup. Yeah, he's okay. And and basically what happened was I, I said to Major, I'm like, hey man, I'd love to go on somewhere and just continue doing whatever. He goes, Yeah, no problem. So we called the NHL network at the time at TSN. And Mark Jacobson was kind enough to, to take the call. And, and he said, yeah, if you want to come on, here's the best part, which you guys would know. He goes, this is only a one-hour show. I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, it's only one hour. I'm like, okay. And it was the playoffs, <laughs> as you guys know. All right. So, so I'm like, one hour? It's like right up the road. It's right by my parents' house. It's right up the 401 from my house. No problem. I'll be there. So I get there. It's like 7, whatever. Don't end up leaving until whatever, two in the morning. I'm like, oh, 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 yeah. oh really? Yeah. Oh, the show's one hour. But- <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, so that was kind of a welcome to like official TV. And then that off season, um, you know how it is. You get older and your agent tells you you have offers and things are going to happen and things don't pan out. And then the TV calls just started flooding in. And I kind of listened to some elders and some people and literally we were in Barbados visiting family on the beach. And once these TV offers kind of presented themselves, they seemed to be more intriguing than the, the playing offers and certainly more intriguing for me at that time than going to Russia. I said, let's go. I'm all in. I want to do this TV and I want to learn. I want to watch all the people that are great, learn from them and try to be as good as possible, as quickly as possible. Weeksy, let's uh, kind of delve into some of the goaltending around the National Hockey League. Um, mm-hmm. And I, you know what, it's so early, it's hard to to categorize or grade anyone. And, you know, the yeah. usual suspects like Olmark in, in Boston go down the list. Um, no surprise, right, that, that they're as good yeah. as they are right out of the gate. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I'm looking at the list, and if you look at the stats and you you identify the 10 guys who are right out of the gate, you've got Jonathan Quick at the top of the list. Granted, he's yeah. only played three games, so yeah. let's pump the brakes there. But then it goes Swayman, Reimer, Olmark, Wool, Demko, Ottinger, Hill, Thompson, and Georgiev. Yeah. Um, it, like, are the, <laughs> the names obvious that surprise you as I read that list who probably aren't going to be on that list in 10 games from now? Yeah, it's it's wild, guys. It is so wild. And what's crazy is there's been this major swing, right? There's been this major swing at the position because many of us and, and many of the listeners, certainly in and around our age, would have known a time where I just mentioned Marty, where we had so many of these icons that were playing or next to icons, right? So you would have had, obviously, uh, Patrick Waugh, Hashik, Marty, Fuhrer, 
Nikolai Habi Bulin. You know, I can kind of go down the list, right, of these goalies. Yeah. And then you had Ryan Miller and all the other guys that came in in our era, like just under them. And now it's just like it's certain on any game, on any yeah. night, it could be anybody. I think perhaps of the list, the biggest surprise, but not because, because I think he's a future Hall of Famer and he knows I'm a huge backer of his, is uh, is Quickie, Jonathan Quick. Yeah. Uh, I think Quickie, and I'm known from speaking to him, he's always been a Ranger fan. Mike Richter's been his guy. He's from just up the road mm-hmm. in Connecticut. This is a childhood dream for him. Imagine everything he's accomplished and this is a childhood dream for him. But certainly, just watching him play, especially with his style of game and his athleticism, yeah, uh, and and not being behind LA's defense, although the Rangers have a good defense, I didn't see this coming for him to be this sharp this early. And to your point, I know it's a three-game sample size, but the game against Edmonton, he was good. The game against Seattle, he was good. The Rangers are playing much better defensively, so I'd probably say Quickie if I had to say a name, even though he's a Hall of Fame lock for me. Yeah. But I'd probably say Quickie. I'd, I'd say Jonathan Quick. Hmm. Okay, so Kevin, if you don't have Igor Shosturkin or Ilya Sorokin or, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, the, the very best in the game, you know, Vasilevsky, who's out, mm-hmm. what is the, what's the difference from the number 11 goalie to mm-hmm. the number 25 goalie? And if, if that's the case, like, why would you spend way too much money on a guy that's number 12 or you could spend way less on a guy that's number 20 and they're kind of the same. Like why would you, is that, is that change? Like did Vegas Mm -hmm. change the code last year winning with Hill and now they got Hill and Thompson and, and they're fine in goal because of the way they play. Yeah. Yeah. But like, does that change? Yeah. It's so interesting because the position, the demands are the same. Even if you had the brick tournament in Edmonton or the Kamloops Bantam tournament, like the demands of the position are the same. Mm. But what's but what's crazy is every individual team goaltending uh, situation is unique. So Vegas is so unique. They're unicorns in every way to their credit, by the way. They went through five in their inaugural year, got to the cup final. They went through five again last year, won the mm. cup final. Uh, and then in that, you had Aiden Hill that came on. He was out, out of his mind. He was awesome. Tom or Logan Thompson was great for the first part of the season, all-star. He gets injured. You had Brossois who came in. He was unbelievable. Patera, the young Czech kid, came up, played a few games. He looked good. Yeah. So their their situation is like I always say this. Could you imagine? I know football is always different, but I always say that for the CFL fans back home, the NFL fans here. <clears throat> Could you imagine in a sixteen game, eighteen to seventeen game football season, you have five different quarterbacks that play? <laughs> Like seriously, and then go on to win the Great Cup or to win the Super Bowl, yeah. like that'd be unheard of. So now to answer your other question about the difference from eleven, uh, the, the kind of the number eleven goalie mm-hmm. on, there are some goalies that are within that category that have the ability to become a number one. They have the talent, they have the physical skill set, they might even have the right attitude to do it. One of the differences that I found is doing that every night, right? playing to that standard, that level every night. But we see, so that's, my, that's part of my point. So now you don't yeah. have to play to that standard every night because right. you haven't spent too much money on them and you can yes. have another guy that might be kind of in that range too. Is Correct. Like I looked at Hellebuck and thought that, yeah. Yeah. like his money got squeezed. Yeah. yeah. 
kind of on this, whether it, it might be a goofy theory, but it's what I, I think anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. So I, I, is that possible? Like, is that, can you have yeah. a guy that doesn't have to do it every night? You, it depends on your team. I don't think, like for me, if I look at, if I look at the way teams are built, um, I, I look at the Devils, for example, especially us being in around this area. So yeah. I've been the young goalie before. I know what it is to be the young goalie to want more, to want to try to cement yourself, to play more games, uh, to get in a situation where you can play more. Vanacek and, of course, and Akira Schmidt, they have that opportunity. They're getting that opportunity on what's now becoming a good team. Mm-hmm. Now yeah. hold it. But at the same time, fellas, Hellebuck to me would have been the piece for them. In fact, I think Hellebuck could have been the piece even more so than Timo mm-hmm. Meyer, because I think Hellebuck is more of what they need or they may need going forward than Timo Meyer is. I think Timo Meyer is more, than, more <clears throat> of a want. I think he's more of a want for them than a need. So there's mm-hmm. an example. So there's an example. So he ends up getting the eight sheets, to your point, uh, Razor, to stay in Winnipeg, he ends up getting the, the, the eight sheets. But to come here, you know, Fitzy, Fitzpatrick, Joe is probably, ah, I don't know, our team, our cap situation. We're going to have to resign Jesper Bratt. We're going to have to resign so-and-so. I want to sign Timo Meyer, So then they don't spend as much at the goal position. So that's why I say it's all yeah. kind of situation. Each, it's situation specific. And each team is kind of different that way. So speaking of situations, uh, mm-hmm. I want your opinion. I'm going to touch on this on insider trading on TSN tonight, but mm-hmm. we know mm-hmm. historically that the the three goalie routine <laughs> is a tough one. It is. So I can you, tell you, guys. you know, and I'm looking at the Montreal Canadiens with you know Jake Allen, Montembeau, and Caden Primo Caden. trying to make his way in in the National Hockey League. Tell us how difficult that is oh. to have three goalies fighting for that crease, even in practice, and yeah. how quickly. Does the Montreal, do the Montreal Canadiens need to remedy that situation? Funny, Greg, we're, we're on the same sheet of music because I've been saying that too. Like, Okay, so first of all, for the listener, when you have three, first problem is when you have three, I've been the three as a young guy just trying to get on the ice at the end of practice as the three. Yeah. I've been on the ice three at different points of my career as a guy that played quite a bit. And then I've been the two. And I've been the one in that situation. And in any one of those situations, it's never easy. It's all, it always becomes awkward. Uh, the best thing you can do is still be a good teammate. Uh, you know, still be supportive of the other, the other two guys, no matter where they fall on that pecking order. But you're trying to get your reps in practice too. Uh, yeah. You have to be respectful and know where you are in that three pecking order. When you can actually come in the net, the one guy's not coming out of the net. He's still taking his reps. So then it comes down to the two guy to be able to say, hey, listen, all right, I've had whatever, let's say 40 shots. Go ahead, man, to the three. You can get in there. And every team and every team runs it differently because sometimes you have that and you have the coaches or you, namely the head coach or the GM that might not even communicate with you properly. So everybody's kind of like looking around, feeling nervous. Your teammates are looking around, feeling nervous. They, they don't want to say the wrong thing. It's very awkward. In Montreal situation, I would love to see, I'm with you, I would love to see Caden uh, get an opportunity somewhere yeah. where he can get some consistent games. Uh, I loved him since he was at Northeastern. I played I played with Wayne. I've known Keith since uh, his dad since I was young. Um, and I remember Keith saying, my son Caden's playing that. I'm like, what? And, and here he is. <laughs> and here he is, right? So uh, I'd love to see Caden get that opportunity somewhere where it's a little more unobstructed and he has a little more yeah. – um, 
rain to play NHL games to learn the league because it's tough when you're the three guy and you're playing one of every seven, eight games. You put all that pressure on yourself. You're like, I got to deliver. This is my chance. I got to deliver. And you guys know if if you're playing net this way, you're not, you're not, you don't have this now. Yeah. You just feel so restricted. There's so much pressure on yourself. So it's, it's a difficult situation for a lot of viewers. It's very difficult to be in a three, in a three goalie platoon. It's tough. So the, the problem really becomes where the Canadians are in their, in their rebuild Mm -hmm. is it, it might make on a quick glance sense to say, Oh yeah, we got to move Primo, but really it might be that you have to move Jake Allen. If you, it, and so just, like it, it's never as easy as it seems, right? Like it always looks like, oh. oh, you should just do this. But so if you're sitting in the chair, like Kent Hughes is, you have to decide it, what's the more valuable path to take because it's not, it's not as clear maybe as it might appear. And, and what do you want? Where do you want your team to actually be? Do you yeah. want to be in a rebuild? Are you committed to it? A, are you now in a retool? Is that where you're committed to? Question mark B. Uh, or are you a contender? C, yeah, well, right. here's the thing. The Montreal Canadiens, with my man Marty St. Louis at the helm, they're playing better than anybody would have expected. Right. They are. They're playing better yeah. than anybody would have expected. You go in and play the defending cup champs after playing really well. <laughs> now you go cross country, cross continent, go to Vegas. They get in there. They push Vegas to shoot out. Right? right, like who, who would who would have thought? Yeah. So, I'm with you. If it was me, I would have traded Jake Allen, not for anything on Jake Allen, because I think he's a very valuable piece that can still kick, and he is a great guy in the room. Guys really love him. He's highly respected. He's very supportive. And in fact, if it was me, I would have had him in Buffalo. Yeah, I, I would have sent him to Buffalo. I think Buffalo would have been a nice fit for him, uh, simply because then he's there to mentor and still perform when called right. upon and still give you NHL caliber goaltending whenever he's in the net. He's yeah. going to give you the professionalism. He could then uh, compliment Levi and or UPL. Uh, but I, I think Buffalo would have been a good landing spot. Not limited to, not limited to, but I think Buffalo would have been a good yep. landing spot for him. All right. Well, we'll leave it at there, Weeksy. Uh, yeah. I mean, this has been awesome. For me to be surrounded by two ESPN greats, Ray episode 12 of the podcast man there it doesn't get better uh keep doing what you do man thanks for joining yeah. us and uh thanks, have a great week thanks thanks, thanks for having me on boys i don't know whose arm i had to twist to get on here but thanks for having me on boys <laughs> ah busy podcast so we're gonna push ask gray and dregs anything to next week in episode 13 of the rain dregs podcast but if you have a question send it to us on our socials at Ray and Dregs or on the website rayanddregs.com. In Boston tonight for the big match and then uh, back home. What's going on? Yeah, absolutely. Back home Friday. Um, so the Bruins today are playing the, you know, are playing the Maple Leafs from Toronto. Yes, and yes, yes. Uh, Boston doesn't have their top pair. Charlie McAvoy serving game one of four. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Grizzlick is on long-term injury. He's out about three weeks. Um, they called up three American League defensemen. <laughs> um, Danton Heinen, who's been on a PTO, is going to be in the lineup for his second game tonight. And they've got a teenage centerman playing his T20 
10th game, <laughs> Matt Potra is playing. So if the Leafs who, that was a snoozer of all snoozers last game. Yeah. But if they're looking for a rebound game, it always means something Toronto, Boston. Yeah. And now you've got the Bruins are vulnerable, even though they, they haven't lost a game yet this year. Yeah. Um, I mean, now's, now's a chance to jump, you know, by the way, I do have to say one thing to our good friends, uh, uh, Chris Edwards and Franklin Rubenstein, uh, the producer and director at yeah. TSN that do a lot of the, that do all the Leaf games. They found it funny, Drakes, to put a, a box in the bench where I stand and say, you know, if you're under five foot nine, get on the box so we can see you on camera. <laughs> this is that. not over. This is oh, not no? over. Oh, no. Now, maybe, just maybe, I had gotten into the truck a little earlier and taped their headsets together. And, um, you know, maybe I had taped across their control boards. But okay. th- that's just a rumor. Okay. But this is not over. I will respond. That is okay. sensational. Wow. And the fact that it was made so public on social media, I mean, now we all can enjoy it. And you've explained what's going on behind the scenes. So this is going to be a longstanding back well, and forth. I like it. Drake's, I will get in... We will do a game, and I will have a chance to to <laughs> retaliate. But here's the thing. The technical guys, like they are, they win every time. Yeah. Oh, the other thing I didn't tell you is they know I'm an idiot with anything setting up. Tech, yes, so, yes. So they took my headset, <laughs> and they unplugged it, and they put it on the floor. Because <laughs> they knew that, A, I wouldn't find it. Because I, you know, I get flustered right away. And B, once I did find it, I wouldn't know how to plug it in. Yeah, where do I plug this thing in? <laughs> so in your ear took, hole. And I had a live hit coming up. And so they were watching me on the camera oh. scramble around. So they had all kinds of fun with it. So the battle continues. Oh, you muted yourself, Drakes. You muted yourself. I did mute myself. Great. Yeah, oh, you sounded great. Clear though. my throat there. You know, see, I, when I have to clear my throat, I mute myself so that you and and our faithful listeners don't have to catch into it. Uh, all right, we'll travel safe, and then bring we'll us up to speed in the next episode of all the shenanigans going on with you and Eddie and Franklin. I look forward to it. Yes, yeah, so we'll get to it. Well, everybody have a great weekend, Drakes. Hope your family has a good one. And yeah, um, man, November. Oh, don't forget to set your clocks back. I hate this time. Yeah, of year. I'm not a big fan of it either. Yeah, but don't Snowed forget here the other day. It did. Yeah. Oh, thumbs down. I, no I, yeah, I, I was tearing up. The snow was falling. Oh, Both but you got down. your snowblower all fired up. I haven't yet, but that I, that's on the agenda this weekend. That's what I'm doing this weekend is figuring out the snowblower. So I put it to bed the right way. Yeah. You know, I did last winter, so I think it's 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 in good Drake's, shape. I think almost. I got your weekend planned. Oh yeah. So why not get the your smoker going and you can pretend that you've got something really technical going on when you throw the meat in there for seven hours and then go figure out the snowboard and come back and you're, I, I think this is your weekend. Okay, perfect. It sounds like it. I'm actually going to do that just because, and I'll take the pictures and I'll send them to you just so you can see what's going on. And, and maybe you can sit in that great chair again. <laughs> I will for sure. Thank you to our sponsors, Ray, who continue to support us on the Rain Regs Hockey Podcast. Our title sponsor, Canadian Club Whiskey and Tim Hortons. And as always, thanks to you for rating, for listening, for sharing, and of course, following us on the Rain Regs YouTube channel. Until next time, 
Have a great and safe weekend, everyone.